brand new book out there. It's called The Good Fight, America's Ongoing Struggle for Justice. comes from Rick Smolin and Jennifer Irwitt. And uh, there is an association um, between this book and the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League. And with us live via telephone is the chief executive officer of the ADL. Jonathan Greenblatt joins us here at JM in the AM. A pleasure to welcome you to the show. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for having me. A pleasure. I There's... There, <laughs> There's so many things I'd like to speak to the head of the ADL about. Uh, before we get to the book, I'm just, I'm so curious. You know, I, as you can imagine, like so many others, uh, were outraged by the Larry David episode on Saturday Night Live, uh, making jokes. For those who didn't see it, essentially making jokes um, about the setting of a concentration, you know, within the setting of a concentration camp. And um, I, I just, and of course, the ADL took a very strong position. Uh, about how inappropriate that was. I, I'm just, you know, I, I wonder what the what the line is. At what point does somebody have to, um, you know, until uh, till what point does someone have to be careful about a line they shouldn't be crossing? What was it that Larry David did that, you know, that, that prompted a public statement from the ADL about that performance? Well, I'll tell you, so I missed the actual live uh, joke or the monologue. I was out with my wife, and then my phone rang, and it rang, and it rang. And so the next morning when I woke up, I uh, I watched it to see for myself. And, you know, these these issues are hard, Nachum, right? It's not easy to know. Oh, yeah. But he managed to be, A, both incredibly insensitive. I mean, I don't need to tell you and your listeners. Oh, yeah. The Shoah is a tragedy without comparison, not just in the 20th century, but in human history. And so to walk all over it, to belittle it, to diminish it, is, is really, really insensitive. Secondly, when he not only did he diminish it by suggesting that only Jews are responsible for the, the sexual harassment cases that we've seen in the headlines recently, right. and combining those two issues... It was outrageously offensive and obnoxious. And, you know, let's acknowledge the fact that, as you just made a point, it is hard to know where the line is. But as a Jewish person, you have a particular responsibility to be more sensitive than most. So he managed to be insensitive and obnoxious. And you know what else, Nachum, maybe the worst of all? He wasn't even funny. Right. By the way, you may have just hit the most important point about all this, and that is that so many people might excuse him because he's Jewish. That's why we should be outraged because he's Jewish. correct. You know, we should listen to Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers, the famed comedian who was Jewish and made no bones about it. The one joke that she wouldn't touch was anything about the Holocaust. Why? Because she knew that the six million souls that were lost were not a punchline. Right. And I just wish Larry David might keep that in mind. Yeah, very good. Uh, you, you helped me really um, uh, understand this. And the, um, and the reaction, I guess, uh, in terms of the way he was uh, treated in the press was certainly, was certainly appropriate. The, the one thing I would say is, and again, you know, crossing lines and, and establishing lines, I don't know if we would call what he did, you know, hate speech, right? We would not put it in that category. Am I correct? Yeah, I don't think it's hate speech. I think it's it's dumb speech. Right. It's offensive speech. Right. It's ugly speech. But we think about hate as someone who intentionally attempts to, because of someone's inalienable characteristics, like their Jewish faith, 
or their national identity, like perhaps being from Israel. Right. Someone who tries to stir up hatred against someone because of their faith, their race, their national origin. I don't think that's what he was doing. So we need to be careful, but that doesn't make it any less offensive. Jonathan Greenblatt with us, CEO, ADL, Anti-Defamation League. I mentioned at the top of this conversation, there's a book out called The Good Fight, America's Ongoing Struggle for Justice. It's put together by New York Times bestselling authors Rick Smolin and Jennifer Irwitt. Why is this an important publication for the ADL? That's a, that's a great question. So when I started here at ADL in mid-2015, I had six months before I actually began on the job to do research. Because, I, look, I have never, I formerly worked in business and in government, but I'd never run a Jewish organization before. So I started doing research, and I learned a few things. Number one, I was amazed, just amazed, that when I read about how people were thinking about minorities today in America, many people, particularly some on what I might call the left, seemed to discount the Jewish experience of struggling for civil rights. Many people seemed to forget that Jews marched with Dr. King, but that even before that, Jews had been excluded from universities because of quotas. Right, that, ju- that, that Jews, quote-unquote, had to march for themselves. Right, that Jews, quote-unquote, had to march for themselves, right. They absolutely did. There was no one lifting us up. And so I was amazed, though, that when I read about the, uh, let's say, African Americans or Hispanics or Asian Americans there was, and their struggles, there was no story, no mention of our struggle. And then I also discovered, this won't surprise you, that when you look at what's happening on campus where our Jewish kids often have a hard time, sometimes because of Israel and sometimes just because they're in difficult environments where there's intolerance, People somehow think Jews are not a minority or that Jews have white privilege and have no idea what our Jewish people have lived through. And so that was the first problem I wanted to solve. And then secondly, many people don't know that the ADL was one of those groups that in the 1940s started fighting for African-American civil rights. Mm. And in the 1950s fought for immigrants. And in the 1960s fought for Latinos. So I wanted to, A make sure that the Jewish story was told, and then B, make sure ADL's story was told. So I, worked, I reached out to Rick Smolin. I saw him at a conference called TED. Rick's a Jewish guy from New York, award-winning photojournalist. He and his wife have done a series of amazing New York Times best-selling picture books. And I said, hey, would you do a book about civil rights? I know most of your books are current. I want to do a book that looks back and looks forward that tells the stories of how many communities in the United States have struggled, including the Jewish community. Rick said yes. It was a two-year journey, but the book was published just a couple weeks ago. And The Good Fight tells the story of how Jews, along with blacks and, again, Hispanics and women and other minorities, have struggled and overcome and yet how much more work there is to be done. Is this, and I mean this with, with all respect, just to understand, is this part of the ADL mission? Is, is this, does civil rights go hand in hand uh, with, you know, with the ADL's watch over you know, anti-Semitic incidents and um, you know, racist activities, et cetera, that go on in this country? Nachum, that's such a good question. And, and you know, I have a very, it's, a, it's a very interesting story, and it's a very Jewish story. So in 1913, right around the time that ADL was founded, there's a man named Leo Frank who was lynched outside of Atlanta. And I'm sure all of you listeners know the story. A Jew from New York went down to manage his family's business, rampant anti-Semitism. 
and he was accused. They found a, a young Gentile girl assaulted and strangled to death on the property. Right. Instantly, the blame went to the Jew. And much like the Dreyfus trial just a few years before in France, he was immediately found guilty. He was sentenced to death. The governor saw it was a sham trial. He commuted his sentence to life imprisonment, and the mob was so enraged, they tore him from his jail cell, and they hung him from a tree. Right. And in that moment, ADL was founded, and the founders, they wrote a mission statement. They wrote, the organization will, quote, work to stop the defamation of the Jewish people and secure justice and fair treatment to all. So it's interesting, Nachum. Is it a time in the U.S.? A hundred years ago, the Jewish community, we didn't have political power or economic resources or social standing. We couldn't live in places, attend universities, work in many professions. And yet these Jews said, we will start an organization to stop the defamation of the Jewish people and secure justice and fair treatment to all. Mm -hmm. So when we didn't have a leg to stand on, when our future was uncertain, when our people were vulnerable, we still said... We won't be happy until not only is America good for us, but it's also good for others. So ADL, for 103 years, has 104, has always had this mission of making America good for the Jewish people and also making good for all people. And, you know, look, it was an audacious bet. It was a lofty goal. And yet when they said this, when they laid this out, it's a very Jewish ambition, right? That's for sure. Jonathan Greenblatt's with us. A civil rights and anti-defamation go hand in hand. I appreciate your, your analysis of that. But now, does this put the organization and your leadership in a difficult position in 2017 um, when it comes to the, you know, the news of the day? potential deportations and different things that people are either accurate about or accusing inaccurately the president, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of his efforts. Mm -hmm. Is it any more difficult for your organization now, or this is essentially the way things have always been? You've always been fighting against, um, you know, against uh, um, action against immigrants and minorities. Well, I mean, we have, uh, there's two things. So number one, I do think this puts us in a difficult place when the kind of core issues and the basic liberties that we care about are under siege, that's not easy. We've been around since and dealing with presidents since Woodrow Wilson. We didn't always agree with Ronald Reagan, We like when he went to the Bitburg right. um, Cemetery in, in Germany where there were Nazis buried and honored them. Right. We didn't always agree with H.W. Bush when, for example, he pushed you know, Israel into the Madrid peace process, which was not so great. Mm-hmm. We didn't always agree with Barack Obama, like, for example, when he allowed that terrible U.N. resolution to pass at the, uh, you know, the, at the United Nations. So we have not always agreed with presidents. That isn't new for us. Um, I will tell you, though, we started standing up for immigrants in the 1950s. We got a young senator from Massachusetts to write a book at a time when Jews and other people were being excluded from entering this country. John F. Kennedy wrote two books in his life, one called Profiles and Courage, and the second, A Nation of Immigrants. He wrote that book for ADL. Hmm. And the first time we went to the Supreme Court in 1947 was uh, filing a brief on a case where blacks and Jews were excluded from living in certain neighborhoods. We tried to push back on one of those restrictive covenants. So we have always done this work. Now, with, I'll just say, with President Trump, we do, not agree with, we do not agree with him on everything. I mean, we didn't agree with the way he handled, for example, Charlottesville. 
We don't agree with what he's doing today on immigration, as you mentioned. On the other hand, it's, it's, it's impossible to ignore. Impossible to ignore. This man has a Jewish daughter, Jewish grandchildren running on the White House. I've been told he's made kashrut one of the kitchens at the White House. Hmm. This man prayed at the Kotel. So this man has a closer, more intimate relationship with our people than any president in the history of this country. You can like, it doesn't matter how you vote. That's just a fact. But it also doesn't matter what party you belong to. It matters what you value. And for me, my Jewish identity and my Jewish organization is focused on not only being for myself, although that's where it starts, but also being for others. And not being for others later, being for others right now. Jonathan Greenblatt's with us, CEO at the, the ADL. There's so much I need to speak to you about. We, we have to invite you into the studio one of these days. Let's just go back in the, in the final minutes here to the book. So if people uh, get the book, it's called The Good Fight, America's Ongoing Struggle for Justice. Uh, first of all, they're going to see a whole bunch of amazing photographs, right? That you acknowledge, yeah. correct? I mean, yeah. it, it really is amazing. A lot of tremendous history in the book. Yeah. No, no matter what political bent you're from, you'll see some really incredible yeah. scenes. And one of the things I want to point out, two quick things. Number one, the, we, the, forward, the, the book is ten chapters, nine about different communities, a tenth about the ADL. Each chapter is gorgeous photos. Some are archival, some are very current. And it has a personal essay from someone from that community, and they're amazing. The, 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 women's, chapters, the, cha- the women's chapter has an essay by Tiffany Schlein, Jewish-American filmmaker from San Francisco, amazing lady. But the forward was written by Brett Stevens. Hmm. Brett Stevens, the conservative Pulitzer Prize-winning columnist, formerly of the Journal Now of the Times. Why did Brett write this forward for this book? Because civil rights are not a liberal issue. They're everyone's issue. And as a Jew, as a Jew from Mexico City, Brett understands these issues are our story, nobody else's. The second thing I just got to say quickly is this book is so unusual. There is an app that goes with the book. You can download it at thegoodfightbook.org, and you download it on your phone, Nachum, and then you hover your phone over photographs in the book, and about a third of the photographs have videos associated with them. If you literally oh. just, just, just point the yeah. phone toward those pictures. Honestly, you open up the app, you point your phone toward the picture, and a video will pop on your phone. Like you'll hear John F. Kennedy when he gave the speech at ADL's 50th anniversary dinner in 1963. That's what the book is like. It's really quite amazing. I hope you'll check it out. Very cool. The app is called The Good Fight. Uh, the website, one more time? Thegoodfightbook.org. Simple as that. Thegoodfightbook.org. It's The Good Fight, America's Ongoing Struggle for Justice. You heard about the uh, ADL's role in uh, Rick Smolin and Jennifer Irwitt bringing this to the public. Again, no matter what political bent you are from, you will find this very interesting very fascinating, and the photos simply incredible. Jonathan, I really hope you consider coming in one day. There's so many issues you brought up today I'd love to explore further. Uh, you know, look, I can't wait to come in. Let's get that set up. And in the meantime, please let me just wish all of your listeners a very happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, happy Hanukkah, and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Jonathan Greenblatt, ADL CEO. Very, very interesting.